coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to help you with your home improvement projects. Let us help you solve your do-it-yourself dilemmas. Or if you can't do it yourself, if you want to hire help, we can help you do that as well. Do you know what questions to ask your contractor once they come into your home? Do you know how to pre-screen the contractors? Do you know how to check their licensing? We can help you with all of those details if you pick up the phone and call us about your home improvement project first at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. We've got a great show planned for you this hour. First up, with the chilly weather, you may have a little space in your home, perhaps a corner of a room that could stand to be a little toastier. But before you reach for the space heater, which so many of us do have, it's important to do a bit of a safety check to make sure that your space heater is good to go. We'll tell you what you need to know in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, have you been on the market for some new stainless steel appliances recently? Well, if you have, you know that they're kind of pricey. What is going on? Ouch. I feel like everything's gotten way more expensive in this new year. We are going to tell you a do-it-yourself way to get the very same look for a lot less. And do you have cabin fever yet? you can fight off the need for spring by growing fresh vegetables indoors. And this is a project that's good for your budget and for your waistline. And we're going to tell you how to do that. Yeah, but you've got to actually eat what you grow to actually lose some weight (laughs) and not just, you know, sort of murder everything as you're trying to grow it in your house. So we're going to help you with that. And also this hour, we're giving away a treat for your back and feet. One lucky caller this hour is going to get a new life Ergo Comfort Rug by Gel Pro. And it's really a great way to sort of soften up any hard flooring that you've got. And one lucky caller is going to win a beautiful area rug from the Artisan series, and it's worth about 80 bucks. So let's get started. Give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Now we've got Corey in Michigan who's dealing with an addition that's having a hard time maintaining its heat. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. I purchased a foreclosure a couple of years ago, and they put uh, an addition on the back of the house, and the uh, House has a uh, basement, but there's a crawl space under the addition. And I've noticed uh, the past couple of years that I've been here, the addition in the back, it's um, it's just one room. It's it's like a great room. It's about uh, 18 by 20 feet. And it's always colder. It's, it's around 10 to 15 degrees colder than the rest of the house. And what type of heating do you have in that space? Uh, we have forced air uh, heating throughout the house, and uh, they put an additional duct going to that room. And we also have a gas fireplace in the back. Um, but unfortunately, I'm always finding myself having to put the fireplace on to try and uh, even out the... So so did they try to extend the heating system from the main house into the addition? They did. And that was part of my concern when I was looking yeah. at it because they ran a duct right off of the, uh, the main duct off the furnace. So I was thinking maybe kind of like how air would take the path of least resistance is just continuing through the large duct and not really being forced into the smaller duct that goes right into that room because the furnace is actually very close to that room. So it sounds like what they tried to do was take the inexpensive way out, which is to extend the existing heating system into that room, which may or may not have been properly done. So have you had an HVAC contractor look at this and look at the duct runs? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, so I would do this. I I would I would look at the duct runs first and see if the duct system can be adjusted or additional ducts can be installed to get more air into that room. You need more heat in that room. That would be the least expensive way to go. If you're running this gas fireplace to try to balance off the chilliness in that room, you might want to think about 
it, because we're just sort of uh, working with, I guess, the, the coldest days is when you need this, I would imagine, you might want to think about adding electric baseboard heat. Now, we almost never recommend that because it's the most expensive. But in a situation where you're trying to add supplemental heat to a room, okay, that's not a bad way to go because it's inexpensive to install, and you're only going to run it when you really need it. Okay. What do you think about maybe putting like... Uh I know they have them fans that you can stick inside ducts to maybe help pull the air into the duct. I wouldn't go that route until I had a good HVAC installer, not a service guy, not a guy who just you know t- tunes up furnaces, but somebody that really knows how to lay out a duct system for a house. Look at it. That's called a duct booster. It might be an alternative. It might not. It depends on how the duct was put together, how much supply air and return air is getting back. Because remember, you can't just throw the air in there. You got to pull the cold air out of there and. Send it back to the heating system. So if they've just got supplies and no return, that could also be an issue. Okay. Yeah, there is a return, but yeah, it's I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how many corners they cut because I know in the in the crawl space there they didn't put no visqueen down or anything like that. Also. Yeah. Well, I would talk to an HVAC contractor about the duct layout, see if you can get some additional feedback on that. And then just look at all the alternatives. You know, what's it going to cost to uh, get the duct system working right? Can can it work right? Is the existing furnace big enough to supply the amount of heat that that room is going to need, given its location, given how much glass is there, and so on? And remember, keep that as a fallback position that you could always add electric baseboard to supplement what you have. Oh, okay. All right, Corey. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Jan in Kansas is on the line with a home that seems to be cracking up. Tell us what's going on. Well, I've got a lot of problems. Uh, it's an old house. It's uh, over 50 years old. You have a lot of opportunities, Jan. Not a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got some cracks in the wall, and I have okay. one crack that is uh, going from the dining room to the kitchen, and I believe it's cracking on both sides of the wall. Same okay. crack. Uh, you said it's 50 years old. Do you know if it's plaster laugh? It's sheetrock. It's drywall? Okay. So, you know, fixing that is not a big deal. The thing is that most people usually fix it incorrectly. What they'll do is they'll try to spackle it. And by spackling it, you're pretty much guaranteeing that it's going to re-crack. What you have to do is, is sand down the area so you get rid of any glaze from the paint or dirt or anything like that. And then you're going to cover it with drywall tape. And you want to use the mesh type of tape that's sticky. So you put a strip of tape across the crack. And then you spackle right over that tape. And you'll use three layers of spackle. And the easiest way to apply this is if you buy the plastic uh, spackling knives. You can buy one that starts at around four inches, then you go to six, then you go to eight. And they're pretty inexpensive. And you use that to apply the spackle. And you sand in between each coat. And then you prime and paint, and you're done. So those are the proper steps. Where most people go wrong is they just try to do a quick and dirty spackling job, and they wonder why it cracks again and again and again. Because that's basically an expansion joint right now. And unless you spread the repair across both sides of it with new drywall tape, it will continue to show up. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, do you have a cold corner of your home? Well, you can make it much toastier with a space heater if you know how to use it safely. We'll have important tips after this. Uh, I'll take a ways to lose money at 1000 This phrase for a house that keeps needing costly repairs is also the name of a home improvement radio show. 
Alex. What is a money pit? Good. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. You'll get the answer and a chance to win a great prize because this hour we're giving away the New Life Ergo Comfort Rug by Gel Pro. Now, these are rugs that combine the look of a designer rug with the comfort of a supportive therapeutic mat. You can see them at gelpro.com. It's a prize worth 80 bucks. Going to go out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show at one eight 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 money pit now we're going to louisiana with lois who's dealing with a grout issue in the bath tell us what's going on after talking to the people that sold me the grout on the second complaint they finally acknowledged that there was something wrong with the grout so now i've got it turning white and it's a mocha brown kind of color in the bottom of my shower and i i guess the only way to resolve it is to clean it out how do i do that so how do you remove grout that's already installed is that correct so these this is grout that's in the wall floor of the shower oh the floor of the shower and so the grout's the wrong color and it's a darker color and you want it to- no it's changed color because they did they sold me there there was a problem apparently from the factory with the grout and okay. of course i didn't find out about it till after the fact that's turning right. white all right so listen what you might want to think about doing only because if this doesn't work, you have to take the grout out anyway. You might want to think think about applying a grout dye. Grout dye is available. It's kind of like a stain for grout, and it changes the color of the grout. It goes from it can make grout that's lighter go darker. It doesn't work the other way around, of course. So I would give that a try first because really you got nothing to lose. Now that doesn't right. work, you got to take the grout out. To take the grout out, there are a number of tools on the market that can help you do that. That come into the category of grout saws. There is a type of saw that fits into the end of a reciprocating saw that enables you to cut through grout. There's a grout saw that uh, works in a Dremel that enables you to take grout out. But you have to you have to grind the old grout out and then re-grout the tiles. It's a big job. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy, but it can be done. That's why I suggest you try a grout dye first. You can take a look online at the Home Depot. They sell a product that's called Grout Renew, and it's made by Polyblend, which is, I believe, one of the grout manufacturers. And so they have a product. They have several different colors, and they're designed to stain and seal the grout in one application. So like I said, you got nothing uh, nothing to lose by trying this out. There's also a website that just sells grout dye called groutdye.com. All right, sir. Thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, space heaters can be a great way to save some money on your heating bills if they're used properly. But first, you need to remember that space heaters should only be used to provide supplemental heat and not in place of your whole home heating system. Also, you don't want to use a space heater to warm any bedding, to cook food, to thaw pipes, or even to dry clothing. Now, it sounds like a no-brainer, but if it hadn't happened somewhere, somehow, we would not be warning you about it. Make sure you choose heating equipment that also has the UL mark. Now, the underwriter laboratory mark on a product means that the UL technical staff have tested the product thoroughly for safety hazards. They really put these products through the ringers to make sure they're safe when they get into your home. 
Plus, you need to be sure that you maintain a three-foot safety zone around your space heater. You have to make sure that you've got nothing combustible going anywhere closer than that three feet to that space heater. And finally, when you're buying space heaters, you want to look for devices that have an automatic shutoff feature and also have heating element guards. And this way, you can be both warm and safe this winter. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. All right. Now we're going to head on up to the attic with Eric in Alaska. What's going on at your money pit? Oh, well, uh, we bought a home this last year and, uh, unfortunately the home inspector we had hired, uh, neglected to find uh, a lot of problems. One of them was, uh, they didn't put a, a vapor barrier up in the attic. And so we're in the midst of uh, doing all the, the court issues with that, and I'm trying to find something I can do to mitigate uh, the migration of the moisture up into the attic or move it out of the attic until we can do permanent repairs. All right. Well, first of all, when you say there's no vapor barrier in the attic, so you're referring to vapor barrier between the, under, between the ceiling and the insulation? Yeah, they didn't do anything. They just uh, we have nutty hardwood pine interior. Okay, and they just laid the fiberglass on top of it. Is that what happened? Oh, well, that blown insulation, blown in insulation. Oh, blown in insulation. Okay. Well, you've got to manage your moisture, as you're well aware, and the best way to do that uh, in an attic is with a combination of roof vents. You want to use a ridge vent that goes down the peak of the roof. Do you have a ridge vent right now? Uh, right now, we just have e-vents and gable vents. All right. So what I think you ought to think about installing a good quality ridge vent right down the peak of the roof that really opens up the attic and lets it breathe. Um, I would get one that's made by the Air Vent Corporation. It's a certainty company. The reason I say that is because the metal vent that Air Vent makes, it has sort of a, a, a baffle on the side of it, if you look at the profile, that really speeds up the depressurization. So as wind is blown over your roof, it depressurizes that ridge and really draws air out of that. But that's only half of the ventilation system. The other half is soffit vents at the overhang of the roof. So if you had soffit vents and a ridge vent, then what happens is air presses into the soffit, it rides up under the roof sheathing and exits at the ridge. And that's a cycle that runs 24-7, 365. So you're always sort of washing drier ambient air through that attic and pulling moisture out at the same time. That's a very effective way to go. We, we have a metal roof here, so do they have a, a, a application for a metal roof? Yeah, I don't see why you couldn't use a ridge vent on a metal roof. Uh, the specific type of ridge vent may be a little bit different, and of course the insulation is a little bit different. But we see metal, we see ridge vents and other types of vents on metal roofs all the time. The roof still has to breathe, metal or wood. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Billy in Wisconsin, you're next up on the Money Pit. How can we help you? Well, I was just concerned about some of these um, uh, radiator-type uh, uh, heaters uh, that, uh, you know, like Eden Pier and a few of the off other names, that they're costing about three anywhere from uh, $59 to $399 uh, for each one of them. And it's supposed to help you on your heat bills. Uh, well, you're paying for electricity uh, on top of it. Well, uh are they really uh, a good uh, buy to put in a house to cut your heat and bill down? Well, it depends on how you use them. Now, if you're using them in lieu of your central heating system, 
then it's going to be more expensive for sure. But if you're using them strategically in the sense that perhaps you may keep the central heating system turned down because your family life is such that perhaps you just use one or two rooms of the house, maybe you're only wanting to take the chill off on uh, cold winter evenings. If you can use them strategically, then they can be very comfortable. Mm -hmm. We've got one of these heaters and we've got one room in the house that's always colder than the rest. And it's just because of the way the house was built and we just couldn't get enough uh, radiator space in there to get the size radiator that we really needed. So we use the space heater in that room and on the, on the chilly mornings and it does a great job, but I would never dream of replacing all of my heating uh, capability in the house with infrared because then it would cost you a lot more money. Would it be the, uh, the little box ones that they sell that you t- uh, put in your rooms, uh, like uh, and it's supposed to take care of a thousand square feet or something like that, and uh, that's what these uh, little infrared uh, uh, red heaters are that they sell them at the hardware stores and uh, your big box stores. Yep. Uh, and one of just one of the names is like Eden Pier, and I mean it's like. Uh, Dang near uh, $399 for their, their best one, that's which has number four on it. And the next one down, I think, is 289 But you can't get them on, on sale sometimes. But then you got other na- uh, different name brands, and some of those are store name brands, that they'll go anywhere from 59 to 100 bucks. I think the difference is, you know, it really depends on the design of the casement itself on the infrared heater, the look that you're trying to go for. You know, I can't really... Com- compare efficiencies of one model or the other. You know, Tom and I had done some work previously with the Eden Pure company, and their product does work very well. Their casing on the heater itself doesn't get hot, so it's safe if you've got kids or pets, you know. Granted, you don't want to be, like, sitting on it, but they do say that an animal can, you know, they even have a cat sitting right on top of it. But, um, you know, it helps you to feel a little bit more secure in knowing that if you should stumble into it, you're not going to get burned. But they do work quite well. And, you know, as Tom said, our recommendation would be to use it to supplement an issue of heating in a certain space. I definitely wouldn't just turn off my heat and crank it on all day because then you're going to be spending way more. But they do work. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Are you in love with the look of stainless steel appliances, but the price of them you're not that thrilled with? Well, if that's your issue, we're going to have an easy and inexpensive solution so you can have that stainless look after this. 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Total Protect Home Warranty. Get total protection against unexpected home repair or replacement costs. Choose from a full line of plans as low as $19.95 a month. For a free quote and to find out if you qualify for a $25 gift card with purchase, call 800-737-1010. That's 800-737-1010. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, you know, stainless steel is still a hugely popular choice for kitchen appliances, but it's pretty costly. 
If your dishwasher or refrigerator still works great, but needs that new look, you might want to consider this product that's known as faux stainless steel. You know, it's a film, actually. It's got a sticky back, and the front of it looks like steel, but the product is actually made out of PVC. Now, you buy it by the roll, you cut it to fit. The only trick here is you've got to make sure that you get it smooth And that's, of course, something that's a lot easier if you make sure that the surface you're working on is super clean. And here's a little trick of the trade. If you don't trust your ability to apply the film straight and smooth, you can also spritz your surface with water. It'll take a little longer to dry, but it allows you to sort of move the film around before it sets in place. And the last step is the best. You just use a heat gun or a hairdryer to dry the film, and it tightens up across the entire surface. This is a project that literally could take you about an hour and cost as little as is 20 bucks and that's a big savings over the alternative jeff in missouri's on the line and needs some help with a patio project what are you working on i really already got it done but i failed to put a sealer on my patio and i was wondering what i could do about that at this late date it's been poured about six months so why do you want to put a sealer on it because the leaves and the grass stain it (laughs) you could clean it You could use a trisodium phosphate solution to scrub it and clean it and brighten it up again. But then you have to wait till it's really dry. So doing this in the chilly weather is not a good idea. You want to make sure it's super dry. And then you could add a concrete sealer on top of that. The concrete sealers that you you want to make sure you get are ones that are vapor permeable. And that means that the moisture moves in and out. You don't want to completely seal the brick because then what will happen is the moisture will still get in it, but it will freeze and start to break apart or spall as the technical term goes. So if you get a good quality concrete sealer and get it clean to start with, certainly you can uh, reduce some of that staining going forward. Good. And what do you call it so it breathes in and out? Vapor permeable. I appreciate that. Thank you for you guys for what you do. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Sue in Illinois is dealing with two properties that don't mix, electricity and water. How is there water <laughs> dripping from your ceiling fan, Sue? Okay, we don't know why, but we had it professionally installed by an electrician. He had to go up in the attic, you know, and cut, we cut the hole and he put it in. Right. And every time the temperature gets below 20 degrees, water, when we turn the fan on, water condenses and comes out of there. Oh, you have a bigger, you have a bigger problem than your ceiling fan leaking. <laughs> when you say ceiling fan, do you mean an actual ceiling fan with blades or a venting fan? No, just a, you know, um, it's a venting fan, you know, for the like bathroom. A, it has okay. a bathroom. braid on it and it yeah. came in a housing. And, okay. Here's, here's the uh, one thing that the electrician probably didn't do. He probably uh-huh. did not vent that fan to the outside. Outside. We had another fan. Our bathroom's separate, like the the toilet and the stool are in, like, beyond the sink in its own little area. And there's a fan up there and a light, and he said he connected it to that pipe. The water is coming from condensation. When you have... You have a very cold attic. You're you're letting warm, moist air from the house somehow up into that space. It is condensing and then dripping. And yeah. your problem is much bigger than just water dripping out of that fan. Because if you are condensing that much moisture in the attic, you potentially have sheathing damage because the underside of the plywood sheathing will it will get wet, and uh-huh. that can delaminate. When was your house built? 
Oh, it's just five years old. Well, six years old. So you have uh, probably have plywood roof, roof sheathing then, and you need to make sure that you have proper ventilation up there because you're getting okay. a lot of condensation, and that's why it only happens when it gets to be 20 degrees outside. Okay. So here's what you have to do. First of all, you need to check the installation on the fan. I suspect that it's not connected to a vent okay. properly. Okay. So that means okay. that all the warm, moist air from the bathroom, you know, whenever you take a shower or whatever, it gets up there and it condenses in the cold water and just pours right back down again. Yeah. Secondly, you need to check your ventilation in the attic space. The best ventilation is going to be continuous ridge and soffit vents, where the ridge vent is cut wide open, the soffit vents are cut open, air goes in the soffits, under the roof sheathing, and out the ridge. Okay. And those two things will reduce the volume of moisture in that attic, protect the sheathing, and also, by the way, if you have that much moisture in the attic, your insulation gets very, very damp. And doesn't and work. Gets, and doesn't work. Insulation only oh, insulates okay. when it's dry. Okay. Okay. But we should call that electrician back and have him sent that for well, sure. Yeah, I mean, at the least, or just get up there and check it yourself. Well, we're kind of old to be doing that, so okay. we'd have to have someone. Well, but the thing is, if the electrician made a mistake, he's not going to admit it. You might be better off getting somebody that's handy just to check this. Just to double okay. check. Okay. okay. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, there you go. Mystery solved. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. So does the cold winter that we are experiencing in most of the country just leave you longing for some fresh veggies from your garden? Are you missing that green thumb? Well, we're going to tell you how you can have an indoor green thumb after this. You live in a Money Pit. Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller who makes it onto the air with us this hour is going to get a treat for their aching feet and back. We're giving away a new life Ergo Comfort Rug by Gel Pro. Now, how is a rug going to make your feet and back feel better? Well, it's a rug that's got a soft therapeutic mat sort of built into this gorgeous rug. And it really goes perfectly on any hard flooring you've got, which really makes it great for a kitchen space. And they also have a non-slip bottom. They're stain resistant. Great for kitchens. Great for bathrooms. It's a prize worth about 80 bucks. And you can look at all the styles that they've got available at gelpro.com. And of course, pick up the phone. Give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT for help with your home improvement projects and your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Mary in California is having an electrical issue at her money pit. Tell us what's going on. Well, the bathroom uh, plug-ins where you'd plug in a razor or a hair dryer right. in two different bathrooms, opposite ends, one upstairs, one downstairs of the same house, suddenly have no power to them. And I checked the circuit breaker box and everything is on. I bought one of those little tools to stick in the holes and there's no power to either of them, but I have power all over the house, everything else. Well, there is a very simple solution. Oh, there is. And it's so simple, it's gonna you're just going to laugh. Move? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, the outlets that you talk about are covered by a ground fault circuit interrupter, a GFCI. No, and some, they're not. Well, it sounds like they are. And you're saying they're not, but I'm going to tell you where to look, okay? Okay. Because the ground, somewhere in this circuit, and the circuit could include, you have a garage? Yes. Okay. Circuit very often includes the garage. It also includes the outside, and it could include the basement. Somewhere in those rooms, you're going to find an outlet. That has a ground fault. That has a ground fault. And you're going to see one outlet with a test and a reset button on it. Right. And the, the reset button's going to be popped out, and you're going to push it back in, and instantly you're going to have power in your bathrooms again. Well, I do. In the third bathroom, I have one of those things, and it's connected. It works. But that might just be for that bathroom. The other bathrooms may be on a, a bigger circuit that covers the entire house. This is a very common problem. We hear it all the time. And people swear that they don't have one or they can't find it or they've checked. And I've had people call me on the phone when I was a home inspector and had this conversation and I'd say, get a cordless, walk with me around the house, <laughs> go to your garage. It's not here. It's not here, Tom. It's not here. Oh, <laughs> you know, and it's right there. Okay. Go find okay. this little outlet with the test and reset button on it. Because what happens is all, all of the wet location uh, outlets are wired together. And the ground faults turn them off if somebody's getting a shock. A regular circuit breaker only turns itself off if there's um the wires are overheating and if you're part of that circuit you're in trouble but a ground fault breaker turns it off if there's someone getting a shock and very very quickly so you got to find the ground fault it's somewhere in an outlet in your house it could also be outside by the way most typically it's in the garage okay okay i will look for that well, many folks today are totally into container gardening, usually in the form of house plants. But container gardening isn't just limited to a decorative element. With the right light, the right soil, and the right container, you can actually grow herbs and even some vegetables all year long. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a location that's got some really good lighting because sometimes you need as much as six hours of direct sunlight a day for certain vegetables to thrive. You're also going to need room for containers that are about 18 inches in diameter and, you know, sometimes at least 18 inches deep and water is super important as well so you're going to need some sort of drainage system now one way to organize the process is by picking up a mini greenhouse they're available online and with more people container gardening now seed companies are even working on vegetables specifically bread for containers so if fresh veggies sound good to you why not give it a try and enjoy some greenery all winter long 888-666-3974 Laura in South Carolina is having a caulking issue in the bathtub. What's going on? We have had to re-caulk the bathtub uh, in the last six months probably two or three times. Every time we do it, we scrape the old caulking off, we re-caulk it, and then let it dry for a couple of days. And then after like a couple of weeks, it starts to crumble and crack, and now it just like disintegrates. First of all, what kind of caulk are you using? Um, I believe it's a latex, and I don't know if that's the problem. Okay, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, let let me give you the step-by-step way to caulk a bathtub and have it stick. You have to remove the old caulk, and if you have a lot of old caulk, I would use a product called a caulk softener. It's kind of like a paint stripper, but it's for caulk, and it makes it uh, soft and pliable so you can really get rid of all the old stuff and do a really good job cleaning it out. 
Then I would take a um, bleach and water solution, spray down that joint, clean it really well, make sure we're stripping any mold away that's in there. After you get it totally ready to go, then fill your bathtub up with, with water. You want to fill it up to the top with the stopper on so it's weighted down. This sort of pulls the tub down a bit by putting that weight on it. Then you can caulk it. I would use an acrylic latex with microband in it, which is a uh, mold inhibitor. DAP makes it, uh, a kitchen and bath caulk, or use a silicone caulk. And then, of course, let it dry really well, and then let the water out of the tub. And when you do that, the tub kind of comes back. And when you get in it to take a bath or a shower, you push it down again. It doesn't have the same stress on the caulk joint, and it tends to stay in a lot longer that way. So those are the steps that will get it in there and hopefully have it stay for a while. Uh, how long should I let it dry? Oh, just a day. That's all. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, wonderful. It. Great. That's a good idea. Okay, all thank right. you. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, if you neglect the screen on your fireplace, well, you might be left with a nasty, sooty mess. We're going to have some tips on making it sparkle after this. You live in a Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, do you find that you end up just sort of scratching your head when you go to the tool aisle at the store? We're going to take the guesswork out at moneypit.com because we've got video tool reviews on the site right now. You can find out the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to different tools. Just visit moneypit.com slash videos. All right. And while you're online, you can post your question in the community section of the Money Pit. And I've got one here from Monty in Virginia who wrote, can you tell me the lowest temperature that I can set my thermostat to to keep my pipes from freezing while I'm away on vacation? Yeah, great question. Uh, There are two answers. First off, I'm presuming, Monty, that you're not going to drain the water out of your house. Uh, If you do that, you can actually have the thermostat lowered, not off. And the reason you don't turn it off even with the water out is because your house will swell from all the moisture. But if you're going to have the water drained, then you could set it at 55. If you're going to leave the water on in the house, or at least in the pipes, uh, I wouldn't set it any lower than 65. And what I'd also do is make sure, absolutely certain, I turn off the main water valve before you leave for vacation. And the reason you're doing that is because if you did get a frozen pipe or a broken water heater or anything like that, that could be a real plumbing emergency. You're only going to get a small amount of water that leaks out. And when you come back from vacation, you turn the water back on. If you got a a geyser that shoots out, an unplanned water feature, well, you'll catch it quickly enough to helpfully avoid major significant damage. So turn the water off when you go on vacation and don't turn the thermostat down any lower than about 65 degrees. All right, next up, Dina in Minnesota wrote, do you know what would cause my pilot flame to keep going out on my gas water heater? Pilot flame has flown away, Dina. Well, the reason that's (laughs) happened is because the pilot burner gets dirty. And it's a very, very small hole that that gas comes out of. And as it gets dirty, the flame gets weak. Uh, and then it will blow out. The other problem is that there's a part of that pilot assembly called a thermocouple that can also become defective. It's a minor repair to replace the pilot light. 
uh, and the thermocouple that you could easily take care of perhaps the next time you have your heating system serviced. And if you've not done it yet this winter, this would be a great excuse to get that all done with one visit from your heating professional. Yeah, Dean, you know, it's really important to do maintenance on these types of appliances in your home. And if you sort of group together different maintenances or different services that you need this one professional to do, you're going to cut the cost in having that service professional in your house, and you're going to make sure that your whole system runs really well for the season. Well, is there anything better on a cold winter's evening than a roaring fire in the fireplace? But it's only pretty if you can actually see the fire through all the soot and the mess that's on the fireplace screen. If you've got a screen like that, Leslie's got some cleaning tips in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Oh, dear Lord, if you've got a screen like that, I don't know if I want to see some other things that you're might. <laughs> but seriously, guys, you know, I do love a good fire in the fireplace. And if you really want to enjoy it and see it and really get the most out of a fireplace, you need to plan on cleaning that fireplace screen at least once or twice a season. So to get the job done right, you need to use a cleaning solution of one eighth cup liquid dishwashing detergent per quart of water. And that's going to do wonders for caked on dirt. Now you can gently scrub the screen with a soft bristle brush and then go ahead and follow up by wiping with a lint-free cloth to avoid any rusting. If you've got brass sections on the screen, go ahead and polish that with a brass cleaner and again, a lint-free cloth. If you do that, you're really going to maintain a beautiful screen. It's going to be safe. It's going to look fantastic. And that screen itself will glow just like your fire, which of course is instant ambiance. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, do you need to add some spring to your home during these winter months? We're going to tell you how to choose houseplants that can both survive and thrive all winter long in your home. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 